You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Back coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard, episode 252. Sounds about right. Uh, 252. Sure, why not? Uh, this episode's brought to you by Detroit vs. Ireland, September 23rd, 2017. Bridges Beyond Boxing is bringing back uh, the Ireland team. This will be the third time they've gone against uh, Detroit. Uh, one of our guests that's in studio we'll introduce in a second. Um, went to Ireland with the Detroit team, was a uh, coach for the first time around also. Uh, and we'll get to learn a little bit more about the event. And it's it's a little bit more than just amateur boxing. It's kind of like a, a cultural kind of exchange of, uh, I, I guess, it, exposing boxers and, and kids that might not have an opportunity to see other countries and stuff to, you know, get to experience the world and learn about different cultures. So we'll talk all about that with our, our guests coming up here in a second. But um, meanwhile, it is a big day in Detroit. We have to start off probably with this. Uh, Little Caesars Arena. LCA. Officially opens. Pizza Palace. Pizza LCA. Palace. I'll never Pizza call Hut. it the Little Caesars Arena. It will always be the LCA. What about Pizza Hut? Because then, then you're Pizza really, Hut? Yeah, because Pizza that... Palace. No, Pizza Palace? No. Yeah, Pizza Palace. It's Pizza Palace. I think it just does more damage if you call it like a competitor's name. Like It's the Pizza uh, Hut. It's the... Oh, that's what you're just saying. You know, like... Yeah. I mean, it, it's, LC, it's I'm okay with the LCA. As long as everybody calls it the LCA and doesn't call it by its full name, I'm okay with that. It enrages me when they say the full name, though. I, I, I won't call it the LCA till they play TAX. <laughs> so there, there we go. Well, I'll <laughs> also call it the LCA. Yeah, it just sounds better. Uh, yeah. So Metro Times, uh, really quickly, um, and we're going to talk a lot of Canelo Golovkin. Uh, Cody's on his way in. Uh, Stamen, obviously, he's training for his event uh, coming up on the UFC, but. We're going to talk a lot of uh, Golovkin, Triple G. Chad obviously knows a lot about boxing. Oh, see, I accidentally introduced him. Yeah. Keeping the suspense going. Uh Uh-oh. I still can't pronounce your last name, Chad. Chad. Chad Jaquillard. 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 And I I can't pronounce a lot of last names. (laughs) I thought you (laughs) added another syllable on Chad. That was actually Chad. is uh, the coach for the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves, but also the coach for Detroit. He'll be uh, chiming in here in a second. But So the Metro Times, Jimmy, did something really, really cool before we get to the Triple G and, and Canelo thing, yeah. right? Um, they, they've become – have you read – you remember the old Metro Times, right? It was like a lot of porn ads in the back, a lot of advertising for bars. It's still there. And maybe like two articles and they weren't that good. They were – they had a lot of hidden nuggets. If you really read them, they had a few hidden nuggets in every issue. But, yeah, most of it was fluff or rantings or, you know, stupid stuff. But, yeah, and then there was a lot of classified type stuff in the back. And that's how they made their money was, you know, that's how they make their money through that kind of advertising. Right. So then lately, lately um – I've been reading them a lot more. There's just there's I, I think their journalism has gotten better. 
So they came out with an article today, and my our pages just had to refresh really quickly. Um, so here we go. So I don't know if you flipped through a Metro Times lately, but they they've kind of gotten rid of. They were competing with uh, Real Detroit. Um, and then Real Detroit's now gone. I don't know if Metro Times or, or, or what had has happened, but see, look, my internet went down again. I'm refreshing the page. Um, yeah. Uh, so my internet went down again. You might have to read this story, Jimmy. Uh, Just type, I gotta type, find it. Find type it in, first. Type in MetroTimes.com, or actually Metro Times, and then search Little Caesars Arena. It's the story. Uh, it's, it should come up in the news. Olympia Entertainment doubles down on Kid nope. Rock. How, how the Illage is used. How the oldest British club in the country flies. Nope. Kid Rock Trump like, hey. No, how the Illage is used. Uh, posted today. Uh, Good radio here, I know, but my internet went down. I don't know why. I don't see anything about that. All right, hold on. Metro Times. Little. There's no way it got Caesars taken down. Is it? Arena. He just called uh, it by the full name. I know. No. Uh, Why well, I, I have to because I'm typing it out. Um, no, no. Uh, wait, this might be. It's it's how the is used is the start of the article. Uh here it is. Okay, hold on. See if you can click on it. Maybe it got right. taken down. It's a really good article. That would be a shame. how the is used. Uh, hold on. Well, that's the problem. It's got so many freaking pop up ads. Hold on. It's it's going, but the the problem is is Metro Times, and I'm gonna call you out on this Metro Times. <laughs> you're using too many god dang pop up ads, and I get it. You need web content and you need to get all those things, but it's gonna piss people off. How the aliases use Dullard directly what? Derelication. Derelication by design to get their new Detroit arena. Little Caesars Arena opens today, marking a new era for Detroit's cast corridor. But while the late Mike Illich and his family got a, get a lot of credit for reviving the South Corridor, it was only a few short years ago that their business practices helped break the area's back. Starting in the late 1990s, Illich developed and executed a 15-year plan. The critics called derelication yeah. derelication by design, in which he quietly bought around 70 properties and left them to rot. That drove down land value and created a redevelopment dead zone that Detroit quickly regenerated around, thus allowing Illich to buy up more property for cheap. But most importantly, it also helped him convince lawmakers that the corridor wouldn't redevelop without the public pitching in over $300 million to fund his plan. While stadium deals promising, que- while stadium deals promising questionable returns are common, it's rare to find a franchise that deliberately knocks life out of a neighborhood, then asks residents to help pay to revive it. Yet in 2012, a weekend or a weekend, Detroit government agreed to do just that. The Illich's derelication plan never got as much attention as it perhaps should have, even though Chris Illich admits, admitted to tampering with the corridor's real estate market in an interview with the Detroit News. It took us 15 years to accumulate the properties so we can achieve this transformative project, he said. It's been painful not to be able to develop some of that property because every time we made a move, the price for other property would shoot way up. But we had to wait, and that hurt. 
Uh, as painful as it may have been for the Illich family, Cascorda residents like Richard Estew say they felt more pain. In 2008, he sued Illich over his blighted properties and spoke to me about the issues in 2016. Chris Illich admitted to the fact that it, it was part of their plan to allow the Cass Corridor to deteriorate so they wouldn't have a bidding war for the property, which is kind of effed up, to say the least, he said. It hurt the people living here and did a lot of damage. While the Illich plan is something fairly unique, developers increasingly view Detroit-level blight as an opportunity to make money coming and going, says Neil DeMaus, author of Field of Schemes and a blog of the same name that tracks welfare for the wealthy. Uh, any smart real estate developer will have an eye for how can we use a downturn in the market to grab up as, as many properties as possible. Then when we see an upturn coming, how can we use the government to make as much money as possible. It's nice if you can get it to work. Uh, just keeps going on. No, 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 no. There's a big paragraph coming up here. It's hard to say what the neighborhood would look like today if the Illich family hadn't tampered with it, though it's safe to assume that it probably would have redeveloped organically, much like the surrounding neighborhoods. By 2012, the areas around the South Corridor suddenly had a new Starbucks, new loss, and plans whole for foods. a whole yeah. new Whole Foods. Yeah, but that had nothing to do with them. No, that I, had to do with uh, the Wayne State kids well, I, and, and the, hipsters. No, I know. Keep, that's what they're saying. Keep going. Okay. Uh, several years later, the Free Press reported on the insane Midtown real estate market in which the median home price jumped by $130,000 in a span of a year. Just on the other side of Illich's dead zone uh, is downtown Detroit, where the residential rental occupancy rate has steadily has steadily has sat around 98% for several years. Nearly every once vacant building in and around downtown is in some stage of redevelopment. But even as the tide shifted, the South Corridor mysteriously remained a borderline moonscape. Then, in December 2012, Illich announced his plan for District Detroit, a project then estimated with a cost of $650 million. That's when the forces behind the neighborhood's freeze became clear. Though it got lost in the post-announcement prep pep rally, Elliot quietly revealed that he had secretly spent 15 years and over $50 million buying up around 70 Cass Corridor properties, and then he left to decay. The Detroit Downtown Development Authority co- colluded, holding on to 39 properties and sold it to Illich for $1. $1, 39 properties. In $1. February 2014. All right, so that, that's, keep going. Okay. So there, there's one. 39 properties were sold to Illich's, Illich's for a dollar. Okay. That means around 100 properties were intentionally neglected. I don't know what the neighborhood would look like today, but when you have large property owners sitting on that much land, it makes it difficult for a neighborhood to redevelop, says Detroit City Council Member uh, Raquel Castianda Lopez, who says she voted against the arena deal for a variety of reasons. Despite the rest of Greater Downtown's upward trajectory and the city and state's politicians rewarded Illich for executing his plan with $324 million worth of public assistance for the project. That figure, however, doesn't represent the true cost of taxpayers. While the Red Wings played at Joe Louis Arena, Illich paid the city a cut of the team's ticket, concession, and merchandise sales. 10%. That figure topped 100 or. $10 million in recent years and would have grown to an estimated $18 million annually by 2020. But the city agreed to eliminate that tax as part of the new deal. Hold on. Number two, sold 39 parcels of land for a dollar and now don't pay taxes at Little Caesars Arena on tickets or anything. I pay Detroit taxes, by the way. Yeah. I pay Detroit taxes. Yeah. So L, uh, the LCA, Pizza Hut, whatever we want to call it, they no longer, 
the Red Wings organization pay taxes to Detroit. Yeah. There's one more thing in the story I want you to get to. And tell me you're not angry. And props to Metro Chimes for this because they get advertising dollars from the Olympia Entertainment. And mm-hmm. I, I know this does not make them happy. One more thing. The public's contribution should also take into account the value of the 39 parcels the city sold for $1. By comparison, Illich paid nearly $50 million to private landowners within the arena district for just 11 more parcels. The deal wasn't good for Detroit Pac's taxpayers, but there's evidence that it was by design, too. The city's two lead negotiators in the arena deal quit their posts to work for Illich's organization a year after the deal was done. Boom. Three. Two guys from the city of Detroit now work for the Illages and stuff like that. How Now, now the, the only reason I say this, right? Du, uh, Mayor Dugan's being investigated for uh, not tearing down houses of blight, where this money goes and stuff like this. I have to predict because, you know, in, in, in partly Olympia Entertainment picking a very controversial uh, character in Kid Rock opening the arena here, they've kind of – they're not getting the fanfare they are from the media because the media um, kind of has it out for them right now and stuff. You hear those three things. Jimmy, uh, you've lived in Detroit before. Uh, mm-hmm. Does it anger you? Oh, absolutely. This whole thing has angered me from the beginning. I mean, from the moment that they announced that they were going to be building a new arena, they were going to do all these things and then didn't, you know, we're going to use all this, you know, all the labor is going to be from Michigan. Didn't do it. Right. It's not going to cost the taxpayers anything. People from Detroit didn't. Didn't. Had to pay a fine. Had to pay a fine. They didn't. I don't even think they paid the fine. They didn't pay the fine. I I don't know. But, 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 I mean, it, it angers me. But here's the thing, and this is like, and, and it it kind of cracks me up at the same time too, because you know that I'm a uh, huge comic book nerd, yeah. right? This plot, this exact plot, is the exact. No, I kid you not. Is the exact Luther plot took over? Super? No, it's it's uh, uh, no 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 not Lex Luthor. Um, um, oh, I'm forgetting his name. Daredevil's adversary, uh, the big guy. Um, oh, he was Vincent D'Onofrio in the the Kingpin. The okay. Kingpin. This is his exact thing in New York, in Hell's Kitchen, in Manhattan. I was, this was his evil scheme was to basically bully people to buy property low, to get, you know, greasing the palms of the local governments like that. And that's why Daredevil went to war with him because he did shit like this. The, the craziest thing is the non-paying taxes. I, I don't. Three hundred twenty million are coming from the taxpayers, but then, uh, so you're getting a, a gift, and that's that's city of Detroit, by the way. And now you're not having to pay taxes when you used to pay taxes at Joe Louis Arena, but you took public funding. I I, I can't even wrap my hand around. I can't. I mean, you want to like I, I I can't even wrap my head around. That's from MetroTimes.com. We're not talking like a questionable website. We're not talking anything that that's legitimate. Who who wrote that, by the way? Uh, or I gotta find. Hold on, Tom. Tom. Tom Perkins. Tom Perkins. Yeah. So credit to Tom Perkins for good research and good good story. Uh, props to the editor because sometimes journalism gets in that gray area. I mean, they could potentially lose some money from Olympia Entertainment. Um, yeah. Great story though. Well, but here's the, here's the thing: they could lose some money from Olympia Entertainment. However, if Olympia Entertainment, um, uh didn't let the story run it would have been worse oh i know yeah absolutely those are three things that like are just astonishing astonishing now now and and i I was talking to rochelle about this right 
absolutely. This arena is going to be amazing. It's going to be up there with the Barclays Center. It's going to be up there with T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I expect this thing to be absolutely great for years, okay? But everything has a journey. And we have to remember this journey that how the LCA or whatever you want to call it, the Pizza Hut, how how this even came about. I mean, to me – you know, and the, uh, protests are going on right now, and that has nothing to do with the LCA right now. It has to do with Kid Rock mm-hmm. and in in his stuff. This isn't a good start for an arena. It really is not. No, with the protests with the Kid Rock stuff, and now um, this isn't the first story, by the way. The Detroit News, Detroit Free Press, everybody's been running a story on how the LCA has has come about. Um, just very interesting story that I had to talk about. I mean, Chad, what do you think about that? I'm speechless. I uh, <laughs> I need to pick up a copy of the Metro Times more often. I guess. well, you just go online. Yeah, just go it's to online, Metro but Times. it'll probably be in next week. Uh, next. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, this is news to me, but that's that's shocking to hear that. Uh, that's absolutely crazy. So, uh, in, for research purposes, we decided to uh, Rochelle and I to drive down um, past the LCA. So this was about what five five o'clock four thirty five five five. All right. And uh, just see see what was going on. You had vacant churches, hadn't been a church forever. All of a sudden, their parking lots are open for thirty bucks. Yep. Um, you had a pharmacy who was using mm-hmm, their parking. Mm-hmm, yeah, it was for a about pharmacy. thirty. It, yeah, for <laughs> about thirty. Was it a pharmacy bucks. or a pharmacy? No, it's it a pharmacy. A, it oh, okay. Pharmacy. It was a legit pharmacy. You, sh- you sure? No, yeah. no, no. There wasn't a guy out there going. <laughs> and then the rest, the rest are illage owned, and yeah. those are prepaid now. And prepaid parking. The queue line was full. It looks like you're going to enter outside fences. They take your ticket there. Then you kind of get kind of going into the building. But I just wanted to start off there because, like. This is why we need Batman. No, it's (laughs) just, you know. No, this is why we need Batman and people like Batman. We need to take these evil guys down. No, it's just like. I mean, it's, no, yes. No, no, I, I, I just – isn't this just Detroit? I mean, for 300 years, like everything no. – it, it seems like we're always shit on. No. That's Here's what the I'm thing. getting at. Detroit, Detroit was not shit on until uh, uh, right after World War II. Then it led up to the race riots. Once the race riots hit, then uh, all the – um, the all the suburbanite type people fled the city. Then you had Mayor Coleman, who was just the worst thing that could have ever ha- possibly happened to trade. He embezzled money. He funded. He funneled money. He basically let the town, the city, go to ruin as long as he could pad his own pockets. Mm. Then. You had mayor after mayor after mayor who was just doing horrible, horrible stuff. Then you had somebody who actually wanted to do good for the city, Mayor Archer. He actually wanted to do good for the city. He was actually legitimately trying to turn the city around, and the people voted him out because he wasn't ghetto enough. No. Who? No. Who? The people. The, who the, voted who out? Archer. They no, voted Archer, Archer left. He, no, he, he got voted out. He, no, 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 no. Google it. He did not. I, I, I know Mayor Archer. No, he he couldn't take it no more. He uh, left for his family life. Was never voted out. He, no, I'm not saying voted out, but like he lost the next election. No, he never did. Mm. He, no, no, Google it right now. He never. I want to. I want to get the facts right. Mayor Archer was so tired of it. 
He actually went into uh, a law firm on uh, one Woodward Plaza, I think it was. Uh, he never ran for uh, re-election. You got it yet? Somebody's got it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to – No, Mayor Archer would have kept winning and actually probably the worst thing that has happened to Detroit in about – you know, of recent times, is that Mayor Archer didn't, and then Kwame got in, and then the whole thing. Who was a thug, right? Well, he's still behind jail, so I think or bars. So I think that one. Yeah. All right, hold on. I gotta, I gotta look somewhere. While you're sorry. looking at it, yeah. it um, so yeah, the, will will there be benefits from the LCA? Absolutely. Am I anti Olympia Entertainment? Absolutely not. I like you know, it's just that. When you hear details like that from journalism, you just got to raise an eyebrow. And okay. Just go, okay. Okay. No, I, uh, I, I, I missed. I mixed up two things. He uh, was subject to a recall campaign in his second term, um, launched by many of his original opponents. And then he declined to run for reelection yeah. in two thousand one yeah. because they were going to recall him. I don't. They no. He was never popular with loyalists. Oh no, no, no. I'm saying he was good. But he would have never won re-election, right? So I'm saying they recalled him because he wasn't ghetto enough. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I don't. So then they then they elected a thug in Kwame Kilpatrick. I don't know who he. They did. They elected a thug in Kwame Kilpatrick. And then and then when it turned out that he was exactly what everybody said he was, but they wanted him. And then he got arrested. They're like, oh, but then the shift in the people who actually lived in Detroit and who could vote had changed. And that's how Dugan got in. Yeah. But my thing with Archer was the lot of things that he got developed, he uh, left the office and didn't get credit for it. And Kwame was in office, whether it be the Super Bowl, whether it had been a lot of, no, a, I, a lot of cool I events. No, I 100% agree. Uh, Archer. But anyway, so that it's an article on Metro Times. Check it out if you get an opportunity. Um, it's actually really good journalism and stuff. But that being said, let's talk something positive about Detroit. And like I said, you know what? Has Cody texted in yet? Uh, no, but I mean he's okay. training. I know. I'm just um, – So uh, let's let's get a little bit uh, positive here though. Um, yeah. Will the LCA bring in big events? Yes. Will the LCA uh, modernize – the city, yes. So those are positives. And we're here now anyways. So, you know, it is what it is. But so Janet from Source Booksellers gave me a book, uh, gave it to me for free to check love out. Love you, Janet. We love Janet. That's the uh, one place to go get your books. And it's called the Detroit Sports Consumer. It's a magazine celebrating the city of champions. This is issue one. Uh, it was from a while ago, April 2014. But she said, check it out and tell me what you think. Now, you know we're huge fans of Joe Lewis, the boxer, right? Yeah. We absolutely love him, right? Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm going to pass this around really quick. Um, what uh, Maybe something cool that we didn't know about Joe Lewis. In what can be described as the first recorded Photoshop in sports history, one creative newspaper decided to imagine just what would happen if Joe Lewis signed with the Red Wings. And believe it or not, <laughs> they think this, this is the first Photoshopping ever done. That appeared in a paper. Oh, wow. How cool is that, it, that it, that Joe Lewis might have been the first Photoshop, too? <laughs> and he's put on a Red Wing player, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. If that's true, and it's in quotation, so I'm sure he did some research, that that might have been the first Photoshopped uh, photo, which is kind of cool. So that Joe Lewis got that, too. 
But it's and when was that supposedly done? Uh, when 1935? was that? 1935. Okay. So basically, yeah. basically, it's cut and pasting because they didn't have co- computers back then. They actually probably exacto knife the picture and put it on on. Uh, well, what they probably well actually what they probably did was because uh, um, I think film then was you could still use the glass plates. So what they probably did was they yeah they probably cut a picture of his face out, put it on a plate, and then put that plate superimposed on the other one so that it blended them together, and then took that picture you know together. Um, which is why actually, which is why uh, Photoshop still calls them layers. Ooh, look at Jimmy giving us a little <laughs> history. I like it. Um, anyways, this thing this thing came out a long time ago. But if you if you want to see uh, a lot of stuff about Joe Lewis in here, uh, this was April 2014. It's just called Detroit Sports Consumer. But I, I wanted to say that hey, maybe maybe he was the first Photoshop of all time. You never know. Um, I'll look it up. We are going to move on to our first guest, though. I'm just going to call him Chad, Coach Chad. Um, and we, like I said, we got Detroit versus Ireland happening. And this is going to be happening at the Hype Rec Center, which is the address is 23302 West Warren, Dearborn Heights, Michigan, 48127. It's Bridges Beyond Boxing. Um, for tickets, call John Carey at 734-658-1733. Uh, VIP's 40. Uh, at the door, it's 15 tickets in advance, 10. Chad, welcome to the show again. How are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. So sum up in like a quick paragraph. What What is this amateur event? What's, what's it mean? Just besides it being an amateur boxing match. Uh, well, the Bridges Beyond Boxing, uh, it started uh, a little over a year ago. Um, it was uh, actually founded by uh, some boxing coaches in Northern Ireland, and they kind of brought it over to the United States. And... Uh, um, it's it's more of a cultural exchange, like you talked about earlier. Where, beside not just besides boxing, it's also uh, uh, it's introducing um, young young adults and even even some kids that that are into boxing to different different lifestyles, different ways of life. Um, you know, different uh, different experiences that they they're gonna learn and and see and do. Well, when they travel over here and then vice versa, when we took a team from Detroit to Northern Ireland. So it's uh, it's like a cultural, more of a cultural thing besides boxing. Yeah, and a year ago, uh, Ireland came over here first and uh, started started this off. And Ireland was very excited to see, you know, the cronk, the history of uh, Detroit. You, you hosted the team for about a, about a week. You took mm-hmm. them, uh, took Ireland to places and stuff. But then, as as the Bridges Beyond Boxing goes, you went to Ireland. Yes. And when you were in Ireland, you spent some time uh, at different Ireland gyms. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, what what that exposure meant, what you saw in the kids you coached eyes, what, what experiences did they have? So uh, we, we were in Ireland for eight days, and uh, um, most of the kids, not, not all the boxers, but most of the boxers um, actually stayed with host families over in Ireland. So that was the first kind of a, a cultural exchange that they, they got introduced to where they actually lived with a family in Ireland while while we were over there for eight days. Um, while we were there, we we got to go to, I think, three or four uh, local gyms in Northern Ireland and train and got to meet their coaches and some of their boxers and uh, 
they Northern Ireland treated us like kings over there. The, the news media was all over the place everywhere we went. Um, they were asking all the kids for autographs, the local people, and it was uh, the kids just loved it over there. Now, um, so. Uh, and I can't remember this. This is a uh, not me like playing dumb and asking a question. Is uh, is it kept score? Is a trophy exchanged between you guys, or or at the end of the night, is it just an exhibition of boxing? I can't uh, remember. Yeah, it's pretty much at the end of the night. It's just a boxing show. Mm-hmm. Um, just an international competition. You know, uh, Detroit yeah. versus Ireland. So. Yeah, and once again, we're talking about Bridges Beyond Boxing, Detroit versus Ireland, September 23rd, 2017. Um, this time around, uh, I saw posted online, I believe, by you, it, it's a different team they're bringing. Tell us a little yes. bit about just different weight classes, different boxers. Has some of those boxers turned pro, or is it a different uh, Team Ireland that's coming over? Yeah, so basically when through this exchange, the way it works is uh, – the team from Ireland, they select their team that they're going to bring over to the United States, and then we have to match them up with our guys. So, um, so it's we, always the visiting team. Yeah, that they, selects. they they select their team and who the, who's able to come or who they're going to bring on their team, and then we, the other you know the other team will match up with you know their opponents. So, uh, so it's not going to be the kids that went over to Ireland what's unnecessarily that? fighting. No, the kids that went over there. Yeah, there's only a, there's only a few. Uh, guys on the Detroit team that went to Ireland in May that are fighting again this time. Uh, they're actually bringing a whole different team. Um, and uh, so we, we basically, we match up what they bring. So we don't really have control of whoever they bring. So, uh, And the interesting thing about this is that uh, Detroit has a great Irish tradition here. The Gaelic League has gotten behind you guys, and uh, the first event, not tradition, yeah, heritage, and I'd say tradition too. But uh, so you have them behind you, but then it was interesting to see, and this always interests me, is that yeah, you had kind of the Americans that maybe have the Irish heritage that was kind of rooting for Team Ireland at Burt's Warehouse. Yes, and not rooting for you know Team Detroit or, or America. There, that always interests me. You know, the the I wasn't born in Ireland, but I'm mm-hmm. going to root for Team Ireland versus Detroit. But there was a great Irish background that came to uh, Burt's Warehouse last year, which it's not at Burt's again. Yeah. Just want to clarify. But the first time around, I mean, did that that kind of would? Did you have any Ameri- uh people rooting for the Americans in Ireland? No, we didn't. We didn't have anything <laughs> like that over in Ireland. But I mean, as far as when they came here, I thought it was kind of cool because, you know, they didn't have anybody rooting for them. But then you have, uh, you know, some of the people that were at the at the fights that have you know Irish backgrounds, or maybe some of them were even from Ireland that live here now. That you know, so it wasn't that they were rooting against us, but they're just there to support the Ireland team. Yeah, so how do how do you prepare for a fighter that you've never seen before? You you you're uh, the trainer for uh, Jericho Quinn, who is obviously a, a top prospect in uh, Detroit boxing, and in you you corner uh, pros, and obviously the styles of AMI boxing and, and pro boxing are totally different. But tell us how do you prepare for an opponent that you don't know much about in in amateur boxing? Um, well, I mean, basically, you just keep doing what you're doing. You don't want to change too much or, you know, change your game plan. You just you, you go with the game plan that's been working for you. Um, and like I said, you, and especially when you don't exactly know who your opponent is going to be. And as for instance, uh, one of the one of the guys that I have fighting 
uh, against Ireland that I, that I trained, David Fecto, his opponent just got switched like uh, three days ago. He was scheduled to fight uh, a kid named Tiernan Bradley, who was uh, in I like Las already. who was in uh, Las Vegas for six weeks with Conor, Conor McGregor as his main sparring partner. Oh wow, sweet! And I don't know what happened. I just found out uh, the other day that he's not going to be making the trip. Uh, he probably got a sparring check. Yeah, maybe. Probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna say exactly what I have. He got and, that Oprah money. Yeah, yeah. And I and I He's talked in Dublin to, right now. I somewhere. actually, yeah, I actually I talked to Tiernan and uh, just a, a little over a week ago, and everything was on plan. And I was I was just concerned. I was joking with him about his weight because my guy is 141 pounds, and Conor McGregor fights 154, and that's right. what he was at. And I said, "You're gonna make weight," and he said, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be no problem. I'll be there. Everything's good." I said, "Okay," you know. And then, so and and actually Tiernan Bradley. He fought against the Detroit team when we were over in Ireland, mm-hmm. and uh, he beat one of our kids, Alex Worthy. So hmm. it was a good fight, though, a good match. And I think he got scared of David because he saw what David did to his uh, <laughs> his teammate over there in Ireland. He didn't want none of that. Yeah. Now, now, the cool thing is I, I think that this is a great introduction to amateur boxing because there's a lot of boxing fans in the Detroit area that don't realize amateur boxing is so different from pro boxing. And me and you both sit on the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves board, and that's the number one thing that people always come up to me is they, they don't understand amateur boxing. They don't understand, um, uh, you know, why it's so different, uh, the rules, how officiating, all they don't understand all the aspects to it. And I think this event is a good way to introduce yourself to amateur boxing because I almost view amateur boxing as a whole different sport. And it, it, it's fun amateur boxing, the innocence and in, 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 that somebody brings into amateur mm-hmm. boxing. Then you see them turn pro and, you know, not yeah. not so innocent yeah. anymore. Tw- not, 20 not, people entourages. Yeah, and, and not, not you so know. innocent. And, and I, sometimes you look at these guys, they don't train as hard and they don't. They don't give a hundred percent because they're getting a they're getting a check. Yep. No matter what what they do, you know, and uh, that's what I love amateur boxing. It's just like uh, you know collegiate football, as opposed to professional football. Those guys go out there and give one hundred and ten percent the whole game. Where you know some of the professionals that are making millions and millions of dollars, you know, they're already the, there. Yeah, the college guys they're trying mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. So they're gonna they're gonna give a show, and I think that's the same with amateur boxing. Mm-hmm. If they aspire if they aspire to to become a professional, they're they're giving everything they have so to get to that next level. And but it's just a fun event. Last year we had so much fun. It's just so neat to see a group of people um, from a different culture, different country, and just being in our city. It was just really cool. And the the lead guy, I don't remember his name, but. Yeah, Brendan, yeah, yes. Brendan, yeah, great guy. Oh. I can't wait for him sang, to get here. Sang, sang the Ireland anthem, yes, too, yes, yes. He did the same thing. Over here. Yeah. Beautiful. Brendan um, is a great guy. Uh, he was actually on the show, Jimmy. That's the guy you you and Marv interviewed from the studio. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could you yeah, understand yeah. him? Uh, yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. Actually, he was funny I as speak, could be. I speak yeah. Irish, so right. yeah, <laughs> he, he he was funny funny as could be. Oh, he's a, he's great. Uh, will he be there this time? Right, Brendan. Brendan will be here. His son Joe. Yes, his son was here last time, too. Okay, yeah, Joe. And uh, I believe uh, Spike will be here. I think Spike was here that sounds last year. And uh, I think the, another coach might be Ralph McKay. And uh, I know all the, I met all these guys over in Ireland uh, and had a great time with them, and I can't wait to see them again. <laughs> now, uh, wh- this time around, uh, what are you guys going to show them of Detroit, and when are they arriving? 
Um, I know last time they were here, they stayed almost a week, like seven days they were here in Detroit. But this time, uh, I believe they, they're arriving on the 19th okay. or 20th, a few days before the actual compete, the, the competition on the 23rd. And then once they compete on the 23rd, I believe they're leaving on Sunday. Oh wow! And they're going. They're driving down to Cincinnati to do a one. And they're going to do. Uh, they're going to have a show in Cincinnati on the Wednesday after our show. Okay. Nice. So they're not going to be in Detroit the whole time. They're actually going to go down to Cincinnati and compete down there. So they get to fight two times in in one trip, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Is that something that you guys want to do, Detroit? Uh, because obviously flights are a lot cheaper in European countries. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think will happen? Like it'll be Detroit versus Ireland, Detroit versus a different country that that would be great and actually when we were in ireland in may we fought on a saturday and then there was a local boxing show the next day after we fought it didn't you well they invited us they they said hey if anybody wants to fight (laughs) you know so a lot of the guys some of the kids they didn't want to fight you know they they're there they fought they wanted to have a good time especially the older guys you know they're ready to relax and enjoy the culture you know and uh, the well, they're they're cutting yeah. weight too. Yeah, sure, sure. That, 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 that's yeah. the thing that they they got to make weight every day in Amy's. Yeah. So, but uh, there's uh, two kids that actually that fought on Saturday night that got to compete the next day, and they both won at this local show, and uh, and the show was at actually at a hotel where some of the boxers actually stayed. So it was right in the hotel where we were staying, and uh, it just so happened that hotel had a really nice restaurant in it, and. Uh, one of the guests that evening in the restaurant just was by chance was there eating was Carl Frampton. Yep, and who just got done with his big fight? Yeah, uh, like well, it was probably I don't know, like maybe a couple weeks before that mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, uh, versus Leo Santa yes. Cruz. And so Carl Frampton, super guy, he he was like, oh really? There's a show going on. So he came in and, into the little uh, ballroom and uh, he watched most of the show, and uh, awesome. he had a good time. It was great. It was really cool to meet him. Absolutely. Uh, we want you to stick around because we're going to talk Triple G here and uh, Canelo also. Um, but once again, the event's Detroit versus Ireland. It's happening at the Hype Rec Center, uh, 23302 West Warren, Dearborn Heights, Michigan. The date is September 23rd. You said that's a Saturday? Yeah, and there's going to be 11 bouts. They have 11 bouts here. I got the bout sheet here. Absolutely. So. Really quick, I got to give you mad props, okay? Not like I never appreciated what you did anyways on Metro Detroit Golden Gloves, but I have just now have entered the world end of coaching. The speed at which in two different sports, but the, you will be in the corner for probably all 11 or all 12 uh, um, Detroit fighters? Yeah, I I'll probably will be. I, okay. probably will. I won't be the head guy, you know, because all the local guys, they all have their, they all have their head coaches here. Uh-huh. I think there's about maybe five teams representing our okay. team, our our team Detroit. So, I I'll, I might be in the corner for most of them, but I won't be the head guy except for the two guys that I actually train myself. Yeah, I, I just have mad props on how you organize that and and stay organized. And and coaching's not easy. No, you know I, I never thought it was, but then then you do it, and you're like it's. Really hard. If it was, <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't so fun, I probably wouldn't be doing it. That's you know, I do it because I love it. It's it's I enjoy, it, especially working with the amateurs. Yep. Uh, more so than the pros. I mean, the pros is more of a business. It's a big business thing, and uh, it's more it's more like a job. You yep. know, when I work with the professionals, but the amateurs is just it's fun, and you know, it's it's like a hobby, and I just love doing it. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. So we're going to go to our first well, little... Oh, one, one, one really fast, just because I was kind of looking it up when we uh, were talking about the Joe Lewis thing. The actual first recorded historical significant photo-manipulated picture was actually of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. So it wasn't Joe Lewis. No, it wasn't Joe Lewis. There was a lot of, like, Lincoln during the Civil War, World War One. Yeah, so it was very, very common thing before that happened. Nice, yeah. nice. Very cool. So. All right, we will be back in a few moments. You're, I you're, can't stay on their internet with this. We're listening, we're listening to the, to the Undercard. undercard. Hand, Hand Combat, combat radio. radio. Wow. It quick, cut off weird. Quick yeah. break. Uh, <laughs> good old Mark Wahlberg there. Boxing fan, by the way, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, one of the, he's a fight fan. Uh, yeah, he's probably he's probably a f- all around fight. Yeah, he's a fight fan. Uh, so big fight for true boxing fans, and I say that because the Mayweather McGregor uh, fight was like you know a little bit of a circus atmosphere. And even though that fight may have been enjoyable, uh, the fight that everybody is interested in that is a boxing fan, has finally come here. It's Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin. Uh, Canelo at 27, Triple G at 35, are considered the two best at their sport in their meeting. Uh, Golovkin has a perfect record. We're just doing a little quick tale of the tape of 37-0 and, uh, and 0 with 30, 30, uh, 33 knockouts. On the line versus Alvarez is 49-1-1. One, with 34 knockouts. Don't forget Alvarez started very young in Mexico. That's why his record is so out there. Um, narrow favorite this morning. Golovkin is the narrow favorite at negative 150, while Canelo is a plus 130. And I will give my prediction here in a second. But uh, first off, I can't tell you how excited I am for this fight. Um how to watch the fight if you're interested. This is an HBO pay-per-view production. It's going to be happening at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. The estimated time for this event to start is 10.50 p.m. with the undercard starting at 8 p.m. It's this Saturday, September 16th. Uh, I've been waiting for this fight for a while. Um, people thought Canelo was ducking Golovkin for a while. And I think I've said this before on the show. I think Canelo was making smart business decisions. There was money out there with the Chavez Jr. fight because of them both being from Mexico. I think that Canelo was lining up as much money as he could before getting this fight. Um, I believe Canelo fears nobody, and I believe Golovkin doesn't fear Canelo. And I think this is going to be an entertaining bout. Is it going to be Hearns versus Hagler? Probably not, but it will be one of the better Mm. boxing matches of all time. Now, the th- the great thing is both are very powerful punchers, and I still see that with both people uh, having the ability to knock uh, each other out. I predict Canelo Alvarez to win by unanimous decision. I believe that his quickness— Oh, you think it's going to go the whole way? I do, and I also think Alvarez will drop him once. For the first time, uh. Gennady will go down. Um, All right. The, those are my predictions. Okay, go. And, 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 but I will say this. That's where I would lay my money because he's an underdog. 
Not only is he an underdog, I think he's quick. I think his angles are something that uh, Golovkin's not seen. I'm typically not huge on the way Europeans fight north to south. I call it a lot. They don't have a lot of movement. And I think Canelo is going to be able to counter him with overhands, which that I think will be the key factors in how, how he wins. That being said, it would not surprise me if Golovkin won. That's how close this match is, and this is what makes this fight so great. Um, and unlike Pacquiao when he was past his prime, even though Golovkin is 35, Golovkin is considered in his prime. Uh, and uh, Canelo obviously being much younger is in his prime. So I'm excited for the fight. Dan Raphael from ESPN is predicting the total opposite of me. He's predicting Triple G by unanimous decision. Uh, Jimmy, who do you got? Who do you like? <sighs> Uh, Canelo. All right. Uh, I think he, um, I think like I, w- I was kind of breaking it down or whatever with speed. I think Canelo's a little faster. Uh, again, he's got the angles that glove can, I don't think really knows what to do with. Also, I think he's a better counter puncher, uh, than Glovekin. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna get Glovekin, but I don't think it's gonna go the whole way. I think Alvarez is gonna knock him out in one of the later rounds. All right, uh, so we're we're talking probably after six, after seven, after eight tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to say sometime after seven. All right, we're going to turn to Rochelle, producer of the undercard. Who do you have? Saul. Saul Canelo Alvarez. But how do you see it going down? Um, I, I I'd like to see a knockout like in the ninth, but I think more decision. Mm-hmm. Do you think he knocks? Do you think any fighter goes down? Yeah. I think uh, I could see possibly both of them going down that would at be least once. Exciting fight, just like Joshua could, Klitschko. I was going to say I could see. Round. I could see yeah. that too. I could see them each going down once. That would be that would be quite remarkable. Uh, Chad over there, expert coach. Uh, <laughs> uh, who do you like and why? Uh, I think uh, I I think Canelo's going to win by TKO, and the referee is going to stop the fight All by right. the eleventh round. Oh, oh wow! Okay. It's gonna go deep, and uh, but I think early That's on, what she said. early on, <laughs> early on in the fight, I believe Canelo might hit the deck. Okay, wow! But he's he's gonna come back and, and TKO. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Triple G, I believe late in the late in the fight, tenth, eleventh round. Now, right. um, and, and I and I believe that just because of his boxing skills, I think are superior to. Canelo, who's more like you talked about, North South fighter. He comes straight forward, mm-hmm. not much movement. He's just a banger. He's, he's perfect for Canelo and and beat you down. And yeah. and nobody that he's fought thus far can, you know, show him what I think Canelo's gonna can give him. Yeah, you know? that's the best thing about this fight. Canelo's not fought anybody as good as Golovkin, even though he fought mm-hmm. Mayweather. Mayweather's totally yeah. different fighter. Yeah. Yep. And uh. Golovkin's not been near anybody as talented as Canelo. No, and I could say I was I was running down the list of all the fighters that you know each one of them fought, and I mean if you kind of look at it, I mean even with like the records or whatever, Canelo has beat some pretty high profile fighters. Where Triple G, yeah, the the guys that he fought were had good records. You know, same with uh, Canelo, but they're not. They're not as big of name fighters. They're oh, not. Yeah. They're not uh, as exciting fighters. They're not as quick fighters. They're. They were perfect opponents for Triple G. Well, Glo- people were avoiding them though too. Right. I was saying they were perfect opponents for Triple G. 
where Canelo kind of took on different types of boxers. Taking on Mayweather at that stage when yeah. you, you have little chance of yeah. beating Mayweather yeah. was huge, but he's learned a lot since then. Exactly. And that's no, a safe, exactly. that's a safe loss. Yes. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're, you're going to mm-hmm. A, get paid, and B, you're right. not going to get knocked down by Mayweather. No abuse, yep. right? Right, exactly. So that was a safe fight. Uh, I want to talk to you, Chad. The, the coolest thing Canelo does is this like wet nut noodle thing, right? Where with the head movement. Have you uh-huh. seen this? Yeah, yeah. Where, where he looks at lightning fast. If I reading into that too much, that like he is fast because when I when I watch that drill, I'm really impressed by it. Right? You're a boxing trainer, though. Is that just all for show, or if he is that quick, it, Golovkin's in trouble? I don't think Golovkin's near that quick. I mean, I I wouldn't say it's all for show. It's just you know that's what he's doing. What he trains, training. right? Yeah, that's how he's training, and uh, obviously, I don't think that he could do that in a real fight. Uh-huh. You know, be that quick and and because kind of like Mayweather yeah. patting the patting the gloves. Yeah, it's sure. a rhythm, you know, right? Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, and, and he is quick, but I, I, I don't think it's a, a, you know, for show or anything. But I, I mean, it's definitely there's no there's no power behind yeah. it is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, another prediction I have for the fight is unlike, and I said it won't be Hearns Hagler. I believe both fighters respects. Mm. No, this is why I believe both fighters respect each other enough. That these might be a very boring first three or four rounds. I really do believe that you're looking at maybe 16 total punches thrown. I, I really know. I, I really think Lovkin knows that if he, he's going to throw, he comes in. He's he, gonna, Canelo's yeah. going to counter, and I believe yeah. that Canelo's going to be looking for the counter. Yeah. And I and I think until someone lands that first blow that hurts, I really do think that it's not going to pick up until the end of the fight. And that's why I'm saying, I I just don't think they're both coming out of the corner because of respect. I give it like I, Hearns and Hagler. I, I don't give know. It, I give it two. Rounds. Rounds. I give it two rounds for their, before they start banging. Right, because the first round, yeah, they're going to be feeling each other feeling out. each other out. They're going to be judging distances. They're going to be, you know, second round, a few more is going to be kind of thrown out. You know, they might try to start a combination, kind of back off a little bit. Third round, I, it's when I see them start like really starting to get into it. I'd say by the fourth round, it's really going to pick up. By the fifth round, that's when the the fight's going to start. Mm, yeah, I, I believe Golovkin's going to strike first. And okay. like I said, I don't know if he's going to put Canelo down or not, but he's. I believe Golovkin's going to going to strike first. Now, with uh, the biggest shot, I believe. You know, you're 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 our expert here, man, because you're <laughs> you're in the game, right? Uh, the the old adage Canelo's never felt power like Golovkin and stuff. Do you reach a stage where like you you felt the most power in boxing? Do you think Canelo's has felt somebody like Golovkin, or do you really think that there is this stratosphere of levels that Tyson was on, and, and Golovkin's on, and and, and uh, Kovalev is on? That when they hit, it's just like it, it's something that Canelo hasn't ever felt. I mean, it, it's tough to say. I mean, I, because of his Canelo, experience, right? Yeah, you, you think yeah. somebody Canelo here. has a lot of fights and a lot of experience, and you know, even if it wasn't in in a, a boxing match where he's been hit that hard, it's sparring for sure. You know. They're they're going to be sparring guys bigger and heavier, you know, to prepare for a fight like this. So I mean, to say that he's never been hit that hard, probably not true. But right. uh, you know, anything can happen. I'm excited. This is going to be great. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I guess you know the the thing is that I, I gave Andre Ward my top pound for pound uh, because he beat Kovalev again. But 
really this is probably for the next pound for pound champion and I'll tell you why I just think that Andre Ward's going to take his dear time getting back to the ring and so I'll probably flip flop whoever wins this in, into that position because Andre Ward will, will, will probably not defend the undercards pound for pound but um, automatically you have to think rematch too uh, this could be a three fight trilogy but for sure a rematch no matter what happens even yeah, if it's a knockout so. yeah. that there's enough money and stuff there for this to happen um i mean i'm trying to think the last time we've had a fight this big would be pacquiao versus mayweather so that's this is an occurrence of about every four years in boxing Mm -hmm. maybe right Uh, 2015 right yeah yeah, okay so like two two and a half years Yeah, probably two and a half three years but i think if we probably went through history is it fair to say like every four years a fight comes around i'm trying to think like is it like a presidential term or something like these these fights don't happen every day that was about the time that I saw that Canelo fought uh, Mayweather. Mayweather. That was a big fight at the time. That was a that huge was fight. What, huge that was the first big fight that I was interested in. Right. Uh, which Canelo was swinging at. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. He, he wasn't <laughs> ready for him, and that's why no. Mayweather took that fight. He, yeah. Mayweather only fights people he knows he can beat. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's why he's so smart, and that's why he's so good at what yeah. he does. I mean, it, he's, it, he knows he's not going to take a fight that he's not going to win, or he doesn't think he's going to win. Right. Plain and simple. I mean, everybody he's fought, he knew that he he was going to beat him. <laughs> I, I mean, now uh, Adrian Broner got in uh, more trouble this past. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to do what's yeah on yeah tap do what's on tap okay. and we'll talk about Adrian can you, Broner. Can you bring up the slider? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Once again, this is what's on tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, starting off in boxing, September 15th at Las Vegas on ESPN uh, Deportes. It's a tape delay on ESPN2 as well. We have Claudio Moreo versus Jesus Roja. 12 rounds for Moreo's WBA interim featherweight title. On September 16th, uh, Las Vegas on HBO pay-per-view, we have Gennady. Not, not going to win anyways. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Triple G versus uh, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, 12 rounds for Glovekin's WBA, IBF, WBC middleweight title. Um, I just, I, I'm sorry. I, I love Office Space. I had to do that joke. No, I know. I, know. I was trying to remember if I, I correct you. Uh, I was trying. We, we talked about yeah. you doing that, and I'm trying to remember if they're, you know, they're like it's simple, Gennady, and he's like, God, they're not going to work here. Well, he's like, I was trying to remember the exact scene. Well, no, it was like it's like uh, the exact scene was not 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 not, not, not going to work, work here anymore. anymore. Yep, um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I don't understand why people have a problem with my name. It's not E Nanajad, not E Nanajad. Okay. Uh, also on uh, September 16th, uh, Lincoln, Rhode Island, on Facebook Live, we have Jimmy Williams versus Juan Rodriguez Jr.'s uh, 10 rounds for the welterweights. I just think that's kind of cool, and you can watch it on Facebook Live. Moving on to MMA, nothing big except for on September 16th, UFC Fight Night 116, Rockhold versus Branch at the... PPG Paints Arena in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's a lot of peas. All right. Once again, that's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Really quickly, before we switch uh, subjects over to other stuff happening in the boxing, uh, I wanted to touch on this really quick. Um, 
what both fighters have to lose, okay? Golovkin is actually fighting for his place in boxing history. If Golovkin cannot beat Canelo, he's maybe not even in the top 100 of boxers of all time. And if Canelo loses, I, you, you don't realize the pressure a Mexican fighter has from his country to excel at a sport that Mexicans take so much pride in, in boxing. And so I, I wanted to point out a couple things is that what both have to lose, if, if Golovkin is just totally outclassed, he drops out of the top 100 of all time. Maybe, you know, his place in history is at stake. Mm-hmm. Where Canelo being young, a loss to Golovkin, even maybe two losses to Golovkin, he could still go down as one of the greatest boxers of all time, depending on who, who comes up, who he fights next, what he learns from the fight. Um, so Golovkin's actually fighting for his place in boxing history. And Golovkin strikes me as a guy who respects the sport, knows that the history of the sport and probably wants a place in that. But what becomes the bigger desire? Do you guys think have having to fight for your country or fighting for legacy? Because uh, there's no question that Canelo has pressure. Uh, you don't not have pressure as a Mexican fighter uh, fighting out of Mexico. Do you, I mean, do you, do you think that even weighs in their minds or a fighter? I, I think it's probably in the back of their minds, but uh, I just think when it comes down to it, it's all the training that they've been doing. All you know, I mean, it, it just it's going to come down to that more than you know. It's going to come down to who wants it more, but more, more so than you know, one guy's from Mexico and the other guy's fighting to be in the boxing hall of fame or right. go down as one of the greatest. I, you know, I, I'm sure that might be in the back of their mind, but I think in the ring, they that's the last thing that's on their mind. Yeah. Or leading right up to the fight. That's the last thing that's on their mind. Have you ever had an oh fuck moment as a trainer where, like, do you, do you think that, let's just say Golovkin walks in there and Canelo just outclass, like, I mean, he's just a machine. Have you ever had that moment as a trainer where you're like, uh, I mean, but if, if this happens. As hap- a fighter, I have. <laughs> okay. If this happens, though, and Jimmy, you could relate to this, uh, you know, if you think your guy is the best. And then the other trainer obviously thinks my guy is the best, right? But then if somebody was just to run over somebody really quick, there could be a possibility of that OF moment where like, wow, we're not even on this. This guy is the real deal. I mean, have you had that moment? And yeah, I mean, I, I, I've had moments like that, <laughs> yeah, I can say. And, and especially, you know, when I was a boxer, I've, I've had moments in the ring like, wow. What am I, I? What am I doing in this ring right now? No, I, I don't you know, have a right chance now? to win this one. Yeah, I've had that before. Yeah, uh-huh. I was I was a few weight classes above my weight, but <laughs> I at the time I I didn't really care. I thought I could beat Anybody. whoever got in the ring with me. But yeah. you find out real quick sometimes that <laughs> it's not the case and it's not fun. I don't believe it to be happen, but if it did happen, I just I I don't know. You know, it, it's just. Uh, there's so much. If you're Oscar De La Hoya, what do you do? If if you're uh, Golovkin's team, what, what do you do? If one was to just run away with it, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and, and show that one's 
not invincible. I mean, it would just be it would be definitely a storyline that would be so different than what everybody's expecting to happen. Yeah. Um, maybe Spinks versus Tyson, where people thought Spinks mm-hmm. even had a chance with yeah. Tyson, and Tyson just seconds over. It. Right. Exactly. Like this thing's gonna be. You know, Trump Plaza was even filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was actually the Boardwalk Hall, but uh, you know, people yeah. hadn't even sat down for the fight, and then boom, you know, the thing's over. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, but. Our friend Scotty Buck was on TMZ. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Uh, he was on TMZ with a well, picture of Adrian Broner. I was going to say, he wasn't on TMZ. He, well, no, he was. The picture well, was. But it, what, the story wasn't about Scotty Buck. That's what I'm trying to say. The story wasn't about Scotty Buck. Scotty Buck just happened to have a picture with who the story was about. Right. So it, uh, he sent it in the TMZ? No, no. Uh, uh, somebody it. somebody else got it. In, Off I, of I, Instagram. I think I, I, that picture I, I don't, Instagram. Yeah, I don't know what how it happened, but... Uh, he was with Adrian Broner three hours before the incident in which Adrian Broner allegedly, we have to say, um, got into an altercation. It wasn't well, you got to always say that legally. You just have a video. I know, but you you got to say it. Um, <laughs> it's he, not he does have a twin brother. He does have a twin brother. <laughs> yeah. <Adrian Broner. laughs> yeah, does he? Yes. yes. See, right. there you go. <laughs> All right. But I think so he's in jail, like... so it wasn't him. <laughs> uh, oh, no way. Um so Adrian Broner, uh, the problem, and I'm stealing this from one of my friends, the problem has become a problem. Uh, a lot of talent, probably surrounded by the wrong people. Uh, just, you know, having dealt with his his people before. I think Adrian Broner uh, was always overranked, and I, and, I, and I like Adrian Broner, and Adrian Broner likes uh, the undercard. So, like... I want to carefully say this. I always thought Adrian Broner was overranked, but there's always the sad story of when someone falls off. I don't like to ever see this, and I know a lot of people that don't like Adrian Broner root for this. And and when when Tyson – I tell Rochelle this all the time. The greatest thing about Mike Tyson is nothing – has nothing to do with boxing is that he somehow got his life back on track and is a good uh, citizen from a distance. Now, okay, that's the best thing that could happen to Adrian Broner at this time is to fall off the horse for a third time um, and maybe get his life back on and be a productive human being down the road. It's not even worrying about his boxing career anymore. It's not even worried about uh, money because it's about billions, you know, his company and all that stuff. It's about just being Adrian Broner and being productive and I think Mike Tyson's a good example of somebody that found a way to do it. You know, Mike Tyson uh, had drug problems, uh, a rape allegation that he served time for. Um, not only that, uh, lost a daughter and was on a downward spiral. And for all all purposes, Mike Tyson got his life back on track. And that's why Mike Tyson ranks as one of my favorite fighters is is more that he he tackled something outside the ring that was greater than anything he tackled inside the ring. Um, but that being said, because fighters are different now, do you think, Jimmy, that he can get back on track? Because these fighters nowadays, it's so much about the money, so much about lifestyle. Um, I want it to happen, but I don't know. This is a different generation coming up. It really is of fighters. I really, I, I, I don't know. You know? It, I want to say yes, but I think no. 
And, and, and here's something really, really interesting, too. Let, let's step back from Tyson. Tyson is is definitely richer than me, right? But yeah. he is in no, by no means rich. Right. And um, But he is comfortable in that lifestyle yes. now. And he has accepted his role in life now. Yes. And, and he, you know, he's still paying even back debts. Yeah. Still, people don't know about Mike Tyson. I don't know if Broner can be ever comfortable making a median income. And when that becomes the case or the lifestyle becomes the case, I don't know if he can recover. What do you think, Chad? I mean, I, I don't think he can. I, uh, I just – I watched him grow up as an amateur and then into the pros, and um, he's always been a problem. That's, that's <laughs> the why problem. his name, yeah. yeah. And I just think that's just the way he, he's – Unfortunately, that's the way. I mean, you you hate to say that about anybody, and I uh, I don't know Adrian real real well. Yeah. I can't say you know I know him personally, but I've been around him, yeah. and I know his coach personally, who is one of the greatest one of the greatest boxing coaches that I know. His name's Mike Stafford. And by the way, great guy. I, by the way, I'm when when I'm saying the people around him, I'm not referring to his coach. Yeah, yeah. I, Mike. Oh, I'm I, talking I, about the about billions. Company. Yeah, for sure. I know you're because about I, Mike, yeah. you know, I can tell you from personal experience covering something that about billions has no credentials being ready, mm-hmm. being, uh, practically in the Goodyear blimp that far away to actually cover something for fight news. I mean, they literally put me so far in the Huntington center. I, I couldn't see the fight. Like I mean, you know, I I, I've, yeah, I I've, I've been around. I've yeah. been around those kind of situations mm-hmm. in which I don't know if they're the right people for them. Definitely not the right people, you know. Um, and that's just sad. So let's hope he I mean, gets things back back going in the right direction and everything. I, I, I just think everybody, all these rising stars, they all want to be Floyd Mayweather. Yep. And the lifestyle that he has, but Floyd Mayweather had good people around him to manage him and to you know control his money can make have him make the right decisions like these other guys they're just they want to be him they don't have the same people that that floyd had yeah exactly. or still has in his life like those you know well i think that's the key to floyd mayweather for is sure he, did, he wanted to be the boss yeah and you know he wasn't going to take the shit from top mm-hmm. rank so he was like i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna and that's why floyd mayweather made such amazing yeah. paydays normally typically it's the promotion that yeah, makes sure. more than the fighter yep. right mm-hmm. um let's let's be honest golden boy is probably going to make a lot more than canelo makes even though yeah. canelo is going to get a good payday um but floyd was his own boss and hopefully uh he can sustain his lifestyle his lifestyle is a little lavish but he yeah. made more uh, smart business guy yeah whether he can sustain it it has sustainability that's that's the question uh I don't know. Jimmy. Jimmy's quick at looking up, so I always give him assignments. But I know that Broner probably is on the $18 million range career purses. Uh, he never had a purse that was, I don't think, above $6 million or five. Yeah. Uh, and that might have been Marcos Maidana. Uh, probably was uh, three or something. He's probably around $18 million career. Mm-hmm. You can lose $18 million. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, if Floyd loses his money now, I wouldn't even know what to say. I'd be like, yeah. Floyd, what'd you do? Stop buying, you know, alligator mm-hmm. shoes and stuff. Stop flying on uh, private Learjets fights and stuff like that. What was this? Did you pull it up yet? Well, mm-hmm. it's not worth as three million. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, I'm trying to see if they give any. Purses. They should have per his purse earnings over uh, the years. Hold on. I know he's. I, I know he's made more than three, but he's probably spent it. It ain't 
cheap living a lifestyle. I know that no. much. And then no, plus he put out a rap album he, too. He, he probably invested any. a lot of money in that. Um, uh, he just said it just says Adrian Broner earned his net worth through his career in the ring. He has twenty four fights, twenty four wins. Yeah. So it doesn't say what doesn't say what each purse was. The irony is that if Floyd instead of the money team, Floyd should have been about billions because he's closer to being a billionaire than uh, Adrian Broner yeah. ever got. Um, so I did want to touch a little bit boxing pulp culture. I think boxing goes very well with pop culture. And I wanted to talk about this, but Jimmy was out um, a couple weeks ago. Jimmy uh, wasn't on the show. But there is a rumor going around, and Sylvester Stallone kind of confirmed this rumor. There's going to be a sequel to To Creed. Oh, no, that was – In which Creed is going to fight Ivan Drago again. Yeah, that was – well, no, not – Well, his son's going to fight him. Whose son? Drago's son. No, no, no. It's going to be Drago's son too? It's going to – I think what it is is it's Drago versus Rocky with – Creed fighting Drago's fighter and Rocky training uh, Creed, the wow. the young Creed. Wow. I don't think he's going to fight Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago's like 60-something now. It wouldn't be a fight. Aaron Hopkins was 51, 52. I know, but what? I know. But let me let – me, Watching the fight can, outside a ring. Hold on. Um, let me let me see if I can find uh, a synopsis for this if they have any. Uh, but, Chad, do you ever watch boxing movies and just say oh, it's so unrealistic? Uh I mean, boxing movies are great. They're it's entertainment for sure. This as far as being realistic, the storylines are realistic and right. things like that. But the actual, the the actual fighting in a ring or whatever, it's 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 getting better. But you know, back to the Rocky days, it's you know that's. Uh, <laughs> but see, Rocky oh, kind of got guess, me involved in boxing mm-hmm. too. I, I guess Ivan Ad- Adonis Creed tries to seek revenge when he goes toe to toe with the man who killed his father. Yes. So, huh? and then, so I, I think there's just going to be a moment where it's uh, Ralph Macchio, Live or Die Man. Like, I think he's going to have a chance <laughs> to end die, man. in Avin Drago's yeah. life. But then he's going to, like, he's going to be like, no, I won't. And then, like, Drago will just lay there and get the 10 count or something. I, I don't know. I, oh, it's, and Drago, or Drago, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren is stepping up his uh, his training for, for the, the movie. So. I How old is he? Uh, hold on, let me. See. I gotta. I gotta go back and look it up. Hold on. How old is Sylvester? He's uh, sixty something. something. Yeah. Sixty, right. maybe sixty five. Yeah. yeah. Right. He doesn't look as good as like Arnold Schwarzenegger does, mm-hmm. or uh, Sylvester Stallone looks rough. Uh, some bad facelifts, I think, in there. Uh, he's fifty nine. Ooh, Stallone? No, Lundgren. Oh my God, he's fifty nine. Let's see, Stallone is. You know, in all seriousness, though, Creed should watch for the doping because during the Rocky fight, I think Drago Stallone was is stuff. 71. <laughs> oh, wow. My God. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yipes. And you know yeah. what? You know, uh, this is the scary thing about uh, Stallone, and I would be scared. When did Macho Man die? He was like 50 something. A lot of wrestlers die because of steroids. Yeah. Like in their 50s. Like it would not surprise me if Stallone just died one day because Stallone admitted in Rambo movies mm-hmm. he took steroids to look – there's that one Rambo movie where he's, yeah, he's where, just bubbles. Yeah, he's just yeah. Like, <laughs> like – I mean it's just – like he just bursts. Um, Macho Man died in 2011. Yeah, and but like what age? Because of cardiac arrest uh, He was born in 52, so – uh, I was told there would be no man. <laughs> so 2011 you said? Six. 
He was 50. 60. Oh 60. 59, 60. <laughs> well, okay, so 52 and 60, he would have been 8. Oh, yeah, so he's so uh, then, 60. Wow, he was older it's than I thought. taking three of you to figure this out. No, no, I'm just thinking he was a lot older than I thought. <laughs> There's typically oh, – I'm trying to think of a wrestler really quickly that has lost his life for steroids. Stallone wouldn't surprise me and I'm not putting him on my uh, death, my Deadpool. But I'm just saying it would not surprise me because he has admitted that for Rocky, he loaded up on roids. For uh, Rambo movies, he loaded up on roids. Oh, but God, I, was yeah. just, I was just joking that Creed should watch out for the, the Russian Ivan Drago because I think he was juiced for the last Rocky fight on Christmas Eve. I really do. You mean when they showed you it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but we wouldn't have seen that because we were behind the scenes. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm no, taking was, us into the fictional world of no, we just saw on, the uh, fight. I, I think the Russian might have been juicy. It was on 30 for 30. Oh, OK. Yeah, late years later, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, years this later, yeah. The story of Avin yeah, Drago. The story of Avin Drago, right. yeah. In a war-torn Russia. Yeah, exactly. With his, his, uh, his face tattering in the, the wind where the, the flags used to be. And uh, yeah. them toppling over his statues in, in communist Russia. Right, no exactly. Drago. No more Drago. I know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I, I think he was juiced. I'll go on record and say he was yeah. juiced for the Rocky Balboa fight. But <laughs> I'm just going to say right there. But that's cool. Hey, you knocked him. Why don't you try knocking me down now? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, but so Sylvester Stallone thought Rocky should no longer be fighting. But Avin Drago is going to come back choice. at 60. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I don't know, but I, I like I like boxing, boxing pop culture. Now, the coolest thing out there is uh, a website called Contenders, in which you can actually get the boxing shorts from all the Rocky movies and wear them as boxer shorts underneath your outfits. I think it's one of the cooler marketing things for Rocky. They have them all. You can be Drago too, with the Russian flag, uh, the communist flag, with the. Um, uh, uh, the yellow and the red, and then contenders. Uh, boxer shorts. It'll come up. Uh, you can wear the Rocky yellows. You can wear the Rocky blacks. You can oh, wear yeah, the, you can. the Apollo Creed. You can yeah. be whoever you wanted to show. Show Chad really quick. Looking, yeah, yeah, and uh, you can get like all five of them for like ninety nine dollars. I, I love contenders. I'll give them a shout out. Um, but they have the coolest little thing, and then they also have like the iron. They call them the Iron Mike shorts. They're, I don't think they're endorsed <laughs> by Tyson, but they're all black boxer shorts, oh, and then you can get yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they yeah. they're kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was, I just like, I'm actually kind of looking at them, going, hmm. exactly. <laughs> I want, I want, you know, they're I'll, not they're not boxer shorts or boxer briefs. Boxer okay, briefs. boxer briefs. There's okay. a difference. That's right. Yes, there's a difference. So don't wear them for one, Halloween. One, one hugs the the nether regions. The other one doesn't. <laughs> exactly. Still cool as hell. Oh, I I, I actually kind of want to get some of these. I want now. the ones the the yellow ones with that have Rocky like. Embroidered the first I wanna, time he won. I want to get. I want to get the the Rocky one. I want to get the. Uh, well, actually, probably I would do the black with the uh, gold trim. Yep. So have the gold with the black trim, and I would probably want the American flag one. And I kind of want the Russian one too. American flag. That, yeah. that one. That was kind of kind of neat. I like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. The American flag <laughs> one's just iconic. Put, put, <laughs> Go up to a girl, drop down your pants as those. I must break you. Oh, exactly. <laughs> in in uh, best case scenario, you run into a girl that is a boxing fan, yeah. and you have an excuse or to pull Rocky your pants fan. off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you'd be or like, wait, fan, hold on. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, or a movie fan. <laughs> You're a Stallone fan. Hold on, yeah. hold on. 
and just uh, just drop right there. That's one of the cooler things about boxing marketing there. But they also now have uh, WWE ones, and uh, you can get ones that look like uh, Clashes Clay or Muhammad Ali's trunks, like real boxers. They they strategically they strategically call it so they're not using their names, but you know who it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a very nice company. <laughs> We're going to go with our last commercial break. Wrap it up here with Chad here in a second. Once again, this oh, show's yeah, commercials. Huh? Well, yeah. Song break. Song break. September 23rd, 2017, Detroit versus Ireland, the Hype Rec Center, Bridges Beyond Boxing. For tickets, call John Carey at 734-658-1733. Uh, it's happening this Saturday. Uh, sorry, next Saturday, September 23rd. We'll be back. You're listening to The Undercard. Hand Combat Radio. The Nashville. I've read the part, but. Well, then you'll be fine. Welcome back to the undercard, everybody. (laughs) Uh, We're going to close with a little bit of pop culture. A big, huge horror movie came out. It. We're not going to give any spoilers because not everybody (laughs) has seen it in the room. I got a a funny little story to tell you about. All right. Oh, uh, so (laughs) this girl that I know, I'm not going to name names or whatever, but she. She's kind of oblivious to like a lot of things. And she was asking me why everybody was talking about this new IT movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, IT. I'm like, you mean it? She's like, yeah, IT. And I'm like, no, it's it. Stephen King's it. But then, <laughs> but then I had this image in my head of some like nerd sitting in the sewers yelling out of the sewer grate to have people turn their computers on and off again. Yeah. I, so, I thought it was funny. No, no, no. I I, 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 I think I could see if you have no idea what the book would be called. You might say it. Yeah, right? like et. Yeah, you know. There's yeah. there's presence. Yeah, she there. literally thought it was a movie about an it, IT. IT. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's about a killer clown. Who wears wears clown makeup? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, killer clown. I didn't Everything think it da- floats down here. I didn't think it was scary, um, but I didn't think. The, the book was scary when I read it back in the day, and I didn't, I didn't think the, the miniseries was scary. And something that surprised me um, – so when I was a kid growing up, if, if, if something happened to an animal in a movie, I was very disturbed by it, and I, I didn't like those movies. And then when I became a parent, if something happened to a kid in a movie, whether it be something accidental or something, I didn't like seeing those scenes. Even though this movie involves kids, that didn't even freak me out about it. So, like, you know it wasn't, like, a great movie, but I do recommend seeing it. Um, you know, I, I'm trying try, – you know, I, I don't know. Rochelle, would you even classify it as horror, maybe thriller? I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a horror film. Like, the no. more I think about it, it's not a horror film. No. Um, it's people – some people think clowns are scary. And it really yes. – you're, you're it, banking it, on that. It, if you do, then I could totally understand, yes, you would be terrified. Right. Um, no, I didn't think it was scary. Um, and do you understand what I'm saying? Like I don't like to see kids ever hurt in a film. Oh, yeah. But with this movie, I still didn't even get that because maybe it's just so fiction. It's like, yeah, okay, no. It could be because you know the story so well. That could be true. True. Did you see it, Chad? I have not. No, see no. It. Are you a huge horror movie fan? Uh, I am. Here, I, but it's been a while since I've even been to the movies. See, I, I'm not a Stephen King you're, fan. You're too damn busy. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm not a Stephen King fan. I, I, I love uh, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption from mm-hmm. different seasons, but I didn't like App Pupil. I didn't like any of the other short stories. 
But Shawshank, uh, no, I didn't like Shawshank Redemption redeems them. That's that movie comes on right, mm-hmm. and, and that short story that was a great short story I read. Uh, and that movie comes on. I've lost my Saturday. But other than that, I think Stephen King is very overrated. That's just me. Jimmy, your thoughts on Stephen King? Um, loved Carrie. I'm, I'm talking about the books now. I'm ta- not talking about right. the movies necessarily. Cujo. Loved Carrie. Loved Cujo. Loved Shining. Uh, the Shining. So different from the movie. Uh, loved uh, The Stand. Uh, loved so you're Christine. A fan. Well, but here's the thing. But I like. I didn't like Dark Tower. Okay. Um, I didn't like uh, uh, what is that other one? Um, so for me, Stephen King was hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Some of them I loved, and it was either like I I loved them or I hated them. I it was no in between. They were either really good or really really bad. Mm-hmm. Like Misery was bad. Right. Like Misery was bad. You know. Uh, I just I I just couldn't. No. I like he's hit or miss. You know. But I it. I liked reading it. I didn't think it was scary, but I thought it was a good suspense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the miniseries didn't think it was scary, but it was a good suspense. Now, even as a kid, it wasn't scary. Well, it wasn't scary. Now it, you were talking about there are people that are afraid of clowns. I have a buddy of mine. He is a uh, well. He made films. He made short films. He was deathly afraid of clowns growing up. It was like one of the major sources for his phobia. This this clown that killed people, mm-hmm. and he he hated clowns. And as he when he got older, actually one of his therapy things was he made a movie, a short film, silent film called Clowny Day, which mm-hmm. starred moi uh, about this guy that gets stalked by a clown all day, and then. There's some existentialism at the end. He is the clown, and he was running from himself, and all that kind of stuff like that. But Fight Club. Yeah, it was. A, it was a. Yeah, it was a short, short movie Fight Club type thing with very, very, very little production value. <laughs> but you can watch it. Actually, if you look up my name on IMDb, you can actually find the uh, the video. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chad, are you afraid of clowns? No, no, either way. I, I don't. Get I was a clown. Either. Yeah, I am I know, a clown. I know. I know. I, Technically. Know. Well, let's I, get into the circus story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I never got that one. I guess there might have been moments where kids, I, I think some clown dolls could be creepy looking, but I wouldn't say I'm even scared the of that. The only one that would creep me out is the one from Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Okay. But still not scary in my mind. I don't know. That, that, creepy. Yeah. But not, not, creepy. not scary. Ooh, creepy. Not scary uh, at there all. Is only, there is only one quote-unquote horror movie that I ever, ever watched that I was actually kind of, I wouldn't even say frightened by, but it got my anxiety up, and that was The Blair Witch Project because I watched it when it was still being touted as being a real movie. Yes, And I had been lost in the woods before. So watching that movie when they're lost in the woods and can't find their way back, it got my anxiety up because I remembered being in that situation. And then like a month later, it came out as it was all a hoax. They made this movie and I was like, well, no, it's not scary anymore. Yeah. But when I first watched it as this found, you know, film footage, blah, blah. Yeah. It freaks me out a little bit because I've been in that situation before. Yeah. But the only difference is I would never go into a forest unless I was armed. I'm just saying. (laughs) Chad, uh, and it's about that time of year where we gotta make uh, now. We're, now we're just calling up Marvin, old co-host here, and making this happen. But um, 
you remember Dwayne, you know Dwayne Williams, right? The boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dwayne Williams was on a show maybe pre-October or September, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. And we used to get together with 313 Paranormal and we'd go on real ghost hunts. And we went on a ghost hunt around the Russell Industrial Center, which we were a part of. And we got all sorts of readings from these ghost finders and stuff, dude. Dwayne Williams was – I'll say it on air. He was spooked to death. Really? We were. You remember, Jimmy? That's we were on funny. the other oh, side yeah. of the building. And, yeah. uh, I remember the specific room that we were in. And we had uh, something that would sense heat pointed in a direction of an empty room that nothing was there. And, and the thing went off. It was registering like something heat, dude. Dwayne Williams had a lion's jacket on. I just remember him like backpedaling like 10 steps. <laughs> oh he came gosh. for fun. He's like, oh, this yeah. is going to be fun. This is He didn't know they were really doing a real ghost hunt where they were like talking to spirits and stuff. Well, yeah, because we went in that room. That was the room, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, that was the room where as we were walking through, I had heard something. And so I stopped everybody, and I'm like, I heard something, and and then I felt something, and uh, uh, um, the sensitive, I can't, I can't remember her name. I don't know. I don't know. There. They're out uh, on Sundays. The, yeah, the the sensitive, uh, she felt something too. So we stayed in that room to do a little bit of investigation. We had the the ghost box, and that's when they pulled out the thing, and that's when they found the heat signature. And yeah, he just like. Yeah, he, he, he was out, dude. He was walking like, through. We, we were in a room that had the uh, the wooden studs up but not the drywall, and he mm-hmm. was just like backpedaling through those wooden stud, uh, studs. <laughs> I'll have to going. ask him about that. I'll see him at the gym. Yeah, I'd go, hey, I'd go, I, I, I heard you were on a ghost night. He'll be like, man, it was probably freaky. <laughs> and, uh, he was, I'll ask him if he wants to go on one with me. I'll say, hey. You got to do it, yeah. Chad. I've never we been. Got, we got to yeah. do it again Halloween. Every year we, we, we try to plan something. But now that they got their own podcast, what, the I don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh hopefully we they'll want to do it. Actually, uh it's about time to start. Like, it's about time that. to start, yeah, and just try Let to me figure know. that out. Never been, that'd be cool. No, it, I haven't actually been on a real one with them. The when they did the one up in the Russell, I wasn't there mm-hmm. that night. Um was I in your group, Jimmy, or was I in Marv's? Because we no, split you were up. in you were in my group because it was me, you, Jason, and somebody that um, won a contest to go on with us or something. Didn't we give away a contest? Yeah, yeah but they switched between the two. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah we actually it gave me, it away you, as a contest. Which it I was know, me, like, you, Jason. Uh, um, we had a low budget. Uh, uh, the sensitive <laughs> whose name I'm forgetting us. right now. I feel terrible. Um, and then uh, the boxer. Yeah, um, we were we were in that group because Marvin and them had gone to the other side, right. and we had broken through that that gate that we weren't supposed to go through and went into the back part. Yeah, yeah. Now, now this this I will say on the air, and I, I say it, God honest truth. I don't I don't know your religious beliefs, Chad, or anything, but these things are a hundred percent real and a hundred percent the stuff that comes from these are are crazy. The craziest yeah, thing they that, record it. And, and you the play EVP, it back, after. so we get to listen to it after, after. they've. You so, know, found, and uh-huh. you, yeah, the first one we did, uh, the one Jimmy's mm-hmm. talking about, is we asked how many people were in the room, and you can clear as daylight. That was our set. That oh, was our the second, second one. one. The first second. one, the first one is when we were all together as a group and did we that loading sort of bay area. Yeah, Correct. I was there for that. This was this was a full on. Actually, we we're going to explore the whole building. Yeah, you yeah. guys kind went up thing. to different yeah. floors. Yeah, yeah. That and one. you can clear as daylight. Hear somebody. Nothing tampered. Played back. Somebody say it, and we were all quiet in the room, and it, it got it right. Like it's like seven. Like, it, yeah. like it, it, that's how freaky yeah. it was. Yeah. Now, to add to even, like, the suspense of it, uh, later 
we found out that uh, somebody had committed suicide in the Russell Industrial yeah, Center. Yeah, in one of the other and they buildings. Had, they hadn't even found him. Uh, he was an artist for a couple days there. He was and still it, there when they had done but the But, like, the paranormal activity was, like, off the charts. Yeah, really. And we, we found out, like, an artist had committed suicide there. It was like – and if, if you're into that stuff, dude, and it's that time of year – yeah. Wow, I'm dude. I'm in it. I want to I want to <laughs> check it out. I'm I'm interested, yeah. but I'd have to I have to see it to believe it. To be honest with you, I mean well, I believe what you're saying, but no, I, no, no, no. You, you, you I, I want to experience. You that. play back the cool. tape, yeah. and when you know no one talked, and you play back the tape, and you hear it. That's enough proof. There. That was that was the one where I mean um, that, I mean if that happened to you, is that enough proof, right? Because yeah, you're all I, in a room and you don't hear it. You know, the thing's recording in the middle of the room. Right. Now, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it was that one or one of the smaller ones that we did after that. We started talking about it, and that's when I got the scratches on my back. Yeah. I don't remember if it was that one or the one that we did after that, but yeah. It was after that. Oh, yeah. dude. It, oh, shit. I was, so we were talking about the investigation. We were talking oh, about this, like, weird presence that we found, and we were doing going through the EVPs. And we were ta- and me and uh, the sensitive, we were talking about, like, some of yeah, the feelings that, was, that we were felt. That's when my sister was with us that night. Yeah, and we were talking about this like presence that we felt, and as we're talking about it, like I felt like my back was like burning, and I thought there was like something behind me. So I'm like doing one of these things, and then I look back, and there's nothing there. So we lift up my shirt, and there's two scratch marks down like the back of my back, like somebody had just gone like that with some nails. Yeah, what? And then, yeah. And then we had a ring girl. I'm not going to chuck her name under the bus. Who 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 mentally mentally told us that she's not there and can get freaked out by stuff and she went on it with us and yeah. never a came back into the building and b i don't think has been the same since <laughs> and she told us off the record that like that night really has still effed with her and we just saw her this past weekend mm-hmm. but she was freaked out about it and still then you couldn't get her back to the building not only could you not get her back to the building uh was done like no like something she's like something happened and she goes and, and she thought she you took guys something do this back every with year her. yeah we tried october it. like around yeah, we tried. yeah 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 we just kind of get in the spirit or we at least have them on and have yeah them and we about talk the they're about their investigation mm-hmm. they're always investigating the haunted places the place shawshank redemption was shot uh-huh. that's supposed to be a haunted prison in ohio uh i know jason has finally done recordings there mm-hmm. and stuff but yeah you got to check it out they've done the mess and then you make your own you yeah. you make your own judgment the train station do they do i mean like well, you can't get into the train station. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, now it's really guarded. Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally, I know of a couple buildings that... Is Eloise still up? That would be the one to break into. If you're going to go to jail, Eloise, if it's still up, it's, the mental hospital. There's just like one or two of the original buildings still I'll there. send Jason in there. But see, the the building, the buildings, yeah, are kind of what's haunted, but it's, it's the, the tunnels. Grounds. It's the grounds and it's yeah. the tunnels. Yeah. The tunnels are – but if you were to do Eloise, you got to go with somebody who's armed because there's a lot of like yep. cracks – crack dealers and homeless guys that that lived like down in those tunnels and they will attack you what's that um that fort that's down on uh, west jefferson that um fort gratiot maybe there, there's probably some places that you could do along the river with the history of detroit that <laughs> would probably just spook you yeah like you know detroit's history of how how uh it came about was not a good history. I bet you there would be some really scary. And then spirits. wasn't it you and Marv who both worked at Henry Ford? Yeah, yeah. Henry Ford's Ford's That's how we initially knew the, each other. What the hospital downtown? No, 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 no Henry no, Ford no, no, Museum, Greenville Village. Village. 
Dude, they're so well, first of all, there there's a certain belief, and I kind of believe this too, that there are certain objects that have a paranormal uh, attachment. attachment. So like spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, attach themselves to certain objects, and when those objects move, they move with the object. Mm-hmm. Um, the Annabelle doll is a, is a very famous uh, thing. But um, so at the museum in Greenfield Village, and we were never allowed to talk about it when we, when we worked there, but there are certain places uh, that are extremely haunted. Um, I'll give you one example. Uh, Noah, we- Noah Webster's house, uh, the mm-hmm. guy who made Webster's Dictionary, yeah. okay? It is haunted by Mr. Webster. And as a presenter, as somebody who goes into that, into, you know, and presents in that, um, uh, in that house, when you are a presenter and, and people think it's a joke and they very quickly learn it's not, it's not, when you are the presenter for that day, you open the door. You say very loudly, good morning, Mr. Webster. I hope you had a pleasant evening. And then you go about your day. And then at the end of the day, when you're about to lock up, you say, good night, Mr. Webster. I hope you have a pleasant evening. And then you leave. If you don't do either one of those things, if you don't say good morning to him, he will start throwing things at you during the day. Things will get knocked off shelves. Books will go flying across the room. Cabinets will be broken. If you don't say good evening to him, then the next morning, whatever poor soul goes in there the next morning, he will have to. He will walk in to a complete and utter bedlam. Everything will be on the ground. Shit will be pulled up. I mean, it's terrible. So yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. And there, and there, this there, is awesome. Halloween. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. Though. And, that, and that's and that's that is the least uh, malef- uh, uh, maliceful. Uh, ghost that we have there. I'll tell you off the air. There's there's one thing. It was the only time I've ever in my life done any kind of investigating where I was actually afraid. And I'll tell you about that one off the let's air. Let's find the first haunted strip club. Let's do it. First haunted strip club. Yep. Let's 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 go into strip clubs and find the first haunted. I'm, good. Strip I'm club. sure I'm sure it'll be on the <laughs> East Coast. <laughs> exactly. Good. What? I didn't say they had to be like a show going on. We we have our equipment going on. It's, it's I'm just saying the first haunted strip club. Why? I don't know. It'd just be weird. Were you a dancer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a drug problem? Oh wait wait yes. wait. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Girls, girls, ghouls, three haunted strip clubs, <laughs> and a ghostly brothel. That's awesome. <laughs> girls, girls, ghouls. Uh, liquid assets in South Plain, Plainsfield, New Jersey. Was it opened by Beetlejuice? Uh, I don't know. The Moonlight Bunny Ranch in Nevada. Uh, and uh, Rick's Cabaret in New Orleans. <laughs> Those are, well, everything in New Orleans yeah, is freaking haunted. Kind of stuff, yeah. I mean,. I, I went on a ghost tour one time down there and yeah who, the man. history dude yeah. can yeah. you just imagine though if you did the haunted there or Savannah Ooh. Savannah oh. is awesome yeah. Savannah yeah. has a lot of ghost tours that's awesome down that's there. right I want to go there so well I I I went to uh, Gettysburg one time and you guys know that yeah. I have you know oh I hear that if you go in that cemetery it's just well I wasn't even it wasn't even the cemetery I just it would happen to be dusk and we were kind of walking back to like the main thing and like I had to shut off because, like, I was just everywhere. I mean, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of just, you know, and you could feel it, too. It was oppressive, and there was just, like, sheer terror mixed with anger, mixed with sadness, mixed with, I mean, you just, it was overwhelming. (laughs) It was overwhelming. It wasn't funny. Uh, No, I. I, It was bad. No, I. 
I, I was laughing at something I was thinking about totally off subject. But I apologize. About Strippers. That. Yeah. It was actually. I just girls, girls, ghouls. No, no, I, 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 I think, I think, I think we need to create a strip club uh, with like that actually theme. No, we call it girls, girls, no, ghouls. No, I, I, I just, I just, I just pictured <laughs> ninety nine beautiful ones and one ghoul. I just pictured <laughs> us playing the audio tape back and having Jimmy in there. Is anyone there? And in the distance. Me love you long time. <laughs> Two for twenty. Five dollar coat check. <laughs> like, I just, I, that's what I picture the ghost would say. You well, know? Actually, we, we love you long time. We love you long time. <laughs> Fifty ni- nickel get you twenty. Exactly. Nickel get you twenty. Five, we love you long time. Five dollar coat check. <laughs> Five that's what I picture. Two for twenty dance. Uh-huh. That's what I was laughing yeah. at. In my mind, I was like, we'd probably play it back <laughs> five, and it'd be pretty funny. Five dollar make you holla. Exactly. <laughs> what is your name? Stage name Jasmine. <laughs> What, what, what's your name? Cinnamon? Spell, <laughs> spelled with a K? Cinnamon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what's your name? Crystal? It's spelled with a K. Exactly. Oh, my God. Candy? Yeah. Okay, well, Pete has to be on for that one. Uh, yeah. All right, we're going to wrap it up. We want to thank Coach Chad. Uh, once again, the event is happening September 23rd. It's at the Hep Hype. Hype, 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 hype Recreation hip, hip Center. Hip Hop Anonymous. Uh, in Dearborn Heights. Hip uh, Go check it out. It's a good introduction to amateur boxing. And if you're a fan of Ireland, which every every St. Patrick's Day, I see a lot of people out there. Who is He's not a fan of Ireland. And, and you're a fan of uh, supporting Detroit, go out there. Uh, thank you so much for coming in, Chad. Thanks dude. for you're having always me, Always welcome, always. man. Absolutely. Uh, also, Chad. he's the coach of the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves team and has got that team rocking and rolling. And we will be back next Tuesday to recap what happened. Yes. Triple do G, we, Canelo, we're on record. We have our predictions. Are we going to be anywhere watching this? Or? I don't believe so. Okay. No. All no. right. I gotta find out where you're watching because I want to watch it with you. All right, we'll do, we'll, do right. It. we'll figure it out. Aww. Three next. Well, we got a whole thing. I gotta. No, 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 I gotta no, watch. no one's gonna carry that. I, that's the sad thing about it is like no one's yeah. gonna carry that. I gotta because I want to watch with you. Aww, yeah. thank you. All right, I'll talk to everybody right. soon. Take care.